Section 211 of Chesterfield's Letters to His Son. Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. Letter 289. Blackheath, August 14, 1766. My dear friend, I received yesterday your letter of the 30th past, and I find by it that it crossed mine upon the road, where they had no time to take notice of one another. The newspapers have informed you before now of the changes actually made. More will probably follow, but what I am sure I cannot tell you, and I believe nobody can, not even those who are to make them. They will, I suppose, be occasional, as people behave themselves. The causes and consequences of Mr. Pitt's quarrel now appear in print, in a pamphlet published by Lord T., and in a refutation of it, not by Mr. Pitt himself, I believe, but by some friend of his, and under his sanction. The former is very scurrilous and scandalous, and betrays private conversation. My lord says that in his last conference he thought he had as good a right to nominate the new ministry as Mr. Pitt, and consequently named Lord G., Lord L., etc., for cabinet council employments, which Mr. Pitt not consenting to, Lord T. broke up the conference, and in his wrath went to Stowe, where I presume he may remain undisturbed a great while, since Mr. Pitt will neither be willing nor able to send for him again. The pamphlet, on the part of Mr. Pitt, gives an account of his whole political life, and in that respect is tedious to those who were acquainted with it before. But at the latter end there is an article that expresses such supreme contempt of Lord T., and in so pretty a manner, that I suspect it to be Mr. Pitt's own. You shall judge yourself, for I here transcribe the article. But this I will be bold to say, that had he, Lord T., not fastened himself into Mr. Pitt's train, and acquired thereby such an interest in that great man, he might have crept out of life with as little notice as he crept in, and gone off with no other degree of credit than that of adding a single unit to the bills of mortality. I wish I could send you all the pamphlets and half-sheets that swarm here upon this occasion, but that is impossible, for every week would make a ship's cargo. It is certain that Mr. Pitt has, by his dignity of earl, lost the greatest part of his popularity, especially in the city and I believe the opposition will be very strong, and perhaps prevail, next session, in the House of Commons, there being now nobody there who can have the authority and ascendant over them that Pitt had. People tell me here, as young Harvey told you at Dresden, that I look very well, but those are words, of course, which every one says to everybody. So far is true, that I am better than at my age, and with my broken constitution I could have expected to be. God bless you. Letter 290. Blackheath, September 12, 1766. My dear friend, I have this moment received your letter of the 27th past. I was in hopes that your course of waters this year at Baden would have given you a longer reprieve from your painful complaint. If I do not mistake, you carried over with you some of Dr. Monsey's powders. Have you taken any of them, and have they done you any good? I know they did me a great deal." I, who pretend to some skill in physic, advise a cool regimen and cooling medicines. I do not wonder that you do wonder at Lord C.'s conduct. If he was not outwitted into his peerage by Lord B., his accepting it is utterly inexplicable. The instruments he has chosen for the great office, I believe, will never fit the same case. It was cruel to put such a boy as Lord G. over the head of old Ligonier, and if I had been the former, I would have refused that commission during the life of that honest and brave old general. All this is to quiet the Duke of R. to a resignation, and to make Lord B. lieutenant of Ireland, where, I will venture to prophecy, that he will not do. 
Ligonier was much pressed to give up his regiment of guards, but would by no means do it, and declared that the king might break him if he pleased, but that he would certainly not break himself. I have no political events to inform you of. They will not be ripe till the meeting of the Parliament. Immediately upon the receipt of this letter, write me one, to acquaint me how you are. God bless you, and particularly may he send you health, for that is the greatest blessing. Letter 291 Blackheath, September 30th, 1766. My dear friend, I received yesterday with great pleasure your letter of the 18th, by which I consider this last ugly bout is over, and to prevent its return, I greatly approve of your plan for the south of France, where I recommend for your principal residence, Pazinas, Toulouse, or Bordeaux, but do not be persuaded to go to Aix-en-Provence, which, by experience, I know to be at once the hottest and the coldest place in the world, from the ardor of the provincial sun, and the sharpness of the alpine winds. I also earnestly recommend to you, for your complaint upon your breast, to take, twice a day, asses, or, what is better, mare's milk, and that for these six months at least. Mingle turnips as much as you can with your diet. I have written as you desired to Mr. Secretary Conway, but I will answer for it that there will be no difficulty to obtain the leave you ask. There is no new event in the political world since my last, so God bless you. End of section 211. Read by Professor Heather and By. For more free audiobooks or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org.